Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glyneth. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're discussing the episode Hit, Run, and Homicide, which is episode six from season one and originally aired on the 25th of November, 1984. The writer for this episode was Gerald K. Siegel, and we know him because he wrote Smooth Operators. He hasn't written that many episodes of Murder, She Wrote. He wrote six in total, one teleplay and one story, or sorry, two stories. So yeah, interesting, because I think Smooth Operators was like season eight or nine or something, or seven maybe, so quite a ways later than this one. Okay, so I guess just get into the synopsis quickly. Okay. So we're in Cabot Cove, of course, because this is season one. And um, Jessica is friends with uh, Daniel O'Brien, played by Van Johnson, who is the town inventor. Um, Daniel, in the sort of opening scene, it's the Founders Day picnic. And a man who we later find out is Charles Woodley, played by Stuart Whitman, is running away from what looks to be a driverless car. He doesn't get hit, but he gets hurt and he ends up in the hospital. And he claims he was in town visiting Daniel at Daniel's invitation. But Daniel claims that he didn't invite Charles Woodley and that he doesn't like him. Daniel does have a guest um, in town who's Katie Simmons, played by June Allison, who's a former co-worker and friend and I guess potential love interest. He also is being visited by his nephew, Tony Holliday, played by Edward Albert and Tony's fiance, Leslie Andler, played by Patty Darbinville. Then what happens is a guy called Dean Merrill, played by Bruce Gray, arrives into town. He is Charles Woodley's business associate, and he does get hit by the driverless car, and he dies. Jessica's investigating it along with her friend, Captain Ethan Cragg, played by Claude Akins, I think, and Sheriff Amos Tupper, played by Tom Bosley. A lot of people think it's Daniel because he's kind of weird, and you know, it seems weird that he would have invited this guy, and then he would have hit him with the car, and... He his inventions are such that he had invented a model for a remote control car, so they think he has the capability to do it. Jessica's investigating, and basically what fi- what she finds out is that it was actually Leslie, um, Daniel's nephew's fiance, who was behind the driverless car. Um, Leslie was in cahoots with Charles Woodley. Woodley wanted to kill his business partner and they wanted to gain control of Daniel's patents, but they wouldn't have had control of the patents if Daniel died because they were sent to, meant to go to the university. But if Daniel was incapacitated, i.e. in jail, then Tony would have had control of them and then Leslie being Tony's girlfriend or wife would have controlled Tony. So yeah, so there's other stuff that's happened. For example, Jessica gets sort of kidnapped by the driverless car and almost sent off a cliff. So, you know, there's lots that of other things that happen. was incredible. It really was. It goes on for quite a long time. But um, just a couple trivia things before we start. So June Allison, who's the lady that plays Katie, she, her husband, David Ashro, played the umpire in the Founders Day picnic scene, even though you hardly see him. And also, June Allison and Van Johnson appeared in a lot of movies together, including Two Girls and a Sailor from 1944, (laughs) High Barbary in 1947, The Bride Goes Wild in 1948, 
too young to kiss in 1951 and remains to be seen from 1953, which also co-starred Angela Lansbury. Ah. Now, what I would love to do if we had time is I would love to go through each of those titles and for us to brainstorm what we think that movie might be about. Especially (laughs) too young to kiss. That feels rough. The Bride Goes Wild is sort of my favorite. <laughs> I like two girls. Yeah, I want two girls and a sailor. <laughs> also, what is high Barbary? We don't know. We don't know. So, yeah, those are all the stats I've got from, from that one. Um, and I think, oh, two things, actually. I think this is our very earliest episode that we've covered Um, and we wanted a Thanksgiving episode and I don't know if the 25th of November in 1984 was Thanksgiving, but it sounds like around the time of Thanksgiving week. So even though it's Founders Day picnic stuff, I feel like it's sort of our Thanksgiving episode. (laughs) He did say it was rescheduled because of rain. So yeah. Where I was going with that, but I'm just saying, you know, we're around the right time. We're around. I don't know what November looks like in Cabot Cove. I imagine it's not quite so sunny, but it just aired then. Um, So yeah. So I'm not sure where to start with this because I wrote down so many notes. Sorry, go on, Megan. We are doing this episode because we'd posted a poll on our Facebook page and this was what people voted for. So that's, that's why we're covering this one. And yeah, I, yeah, hard to know where (laughs) it was between this and the last flight of the Dixie damsel and this one won. Yeah. But I think we're going to end up covering both of them probably. Sorry. um, Glynis, what were you saying? I kind of want to start at the end because I feel like there was like all this buildup and all this like intricacies of all the relationships and like all co-workers and the Woodley guy and no one liked him and Daniel's a bit weird and then it gets to the end and it's Tony's girlfriend fiance Leslie but then they never explain her connection really to Mr. Woodley and it like for the amount of effort that they went in on every other connection just to be like oh they're in it together and they're both bad I know well and when you were doing your guess I mean it's like it's hard this would be a hard one to guess because you're like how how would you know that she was in league with Woodley like there's it's so loose she does say she does say in the beginning that Tony's been showing her off like a new sedan and the driverless <laughs> car is a sedan. <laughs> I did sedan? think that... No, it's a station <laughs> isn't wagon. It, it's, a, it's a station wagon. Oh, isn't it sort of a sedan? I don't really know what the difference is between those types of cars. <laughs> hey, hey, sort of one has a hatchback, <laughs> the other one doesn't. I was kind of upset. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> lost. <laughs> It was, it was enormous. I mean, it was this huge, huge. brown station wagon. Keep going, Megan. This is a great path to go down. <laughs> it was enormous. It's brown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, oh, God. And the scene where she gets kidnapped by it is... I was laughing out It's loud. my favorite. There was a lot of, like, 
the music was very thrilling and there was just also it was going so fast for a car that's that bulky I was surprised the speed at which it was going (laughs) my favorite bit of that scene though is (laughs) this is so dumb (laughs) but not dumb of the episode it just made me laugh because she finds the car and then the the van so there's a Ford van that from which the remote control is based. So the Ford van controls the driverless station wagon, right? Yeah. So the Ford van is like creeping up on Jessica <laughs> while she's at the sedan and then like kind of hides in the bushes a little bit, but it's like a giant car. So it's sort of just like kind of <laughs> yeah. moves like a foot into the bush. And you're like, it's like peeping <laughs> the bushes at her. Well, my favorite part that starts the sequence is someone's waving a rear view mirror, like yeah. reflector to get her attention to go to the van or the sedan <laughs> or the station wagon, station whatever wagon. we're described with the wood paneling. And then, then she goes over there. It's such a bizarre like chain of events. And then she gets locked in the car and we go for a ride. <laughs> why did they flash the, because she was already going that way. No. So why were they trying to be like, <laughs> and also like, it would be well, like, she didn't oh, even someone's like flashing at me. She was just sort of like, You'd think she'd be like, oh, I thought I could see like metal, like light reflecting off of metal. So I thought, oh, the car must be over there. Right. But it's just like, or like, oh, what is that? But it's so (laughs) intentional. Yeah, it's so intentional that it looks like someone's trying to get my attention. So I'm going to like walk over there and be like, why are you flashing this in my face? Well, and so was Leslie doing that and then like ran to her car that was parked further away to then drive up to it? And like runs over to her van and it's or like- that part of the remote too that they could move but like- okay so here's the question i had and maybe katie answered it by saying there was like a self-preservation bit of the car but do you remember when they were talking about daniel's invention because i was like how can this woman be driving a ford van at speed and be controlling the car in front of her like without (laughs) assistance and then Um. i was like oh maybe it's what katie was saying that they're that the car would not, but then it like made a sharp left turn. It's like all we saw on the switches of the control was brake, uh, lock, like you know, sort of very basic, like power on, like not like I like, think, yeah, turning. I think you're meant to assume that like you can plug in start and end point, right? And then it would just naturally not hit people, I guess. Yeah, but then that surely, well, I mean, I'm thinking about modern ones it would follow roads and then it off roads by the uh lighthouse yeah wait so you do you did the person in the van like stop the car now I'm yeah yeah so the they brake. put the brakes on because I guess they were just trying to scare her and then turned off the ignition and unlocked the doors yeah that would be so scary like that would be so 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 scary and like she's like and she manages to quip like Ethan comes and gets her she's like oh you wonder why I never learned how to drive and it's like no Jessica you've just been through like a traumatic thing like it's okay to be like that was so scary someone almost sent me off a cliff well they're very dismissive of uh mental health in this so 
Yeah. I mean, the this so reflections of the mind is season two and but the attitudes are very much the same of like you only see see a therapist if you're crazy and i thought that that was an interesting approach here because we've already been told that daniel has been to a sanitarium before he's someone mentions it and then he mentions it later and it's like so this is someone who has sort of an ongoing thing potentially and yet they're like, you can't take him to a shrink. Like that won't help. And it's like, well, I think it has a history of it helping. So why would right. that, this be well, so problematic? Like, like a like, sort of a final thing that like, oh, if you go off to see another therapist, you're not coming back. Well, and I guess maybe they think it means he's going to jail or something. Anyway, sorry. He describes himself. He's like, maybe I'm a schizoid you're like oh yeah that was i i mean yeah it was no i mean it's not great i know his character is kind of tough because he's like this inventor and i guess he's supposed to be very smart but then it's like then they show him in kind of this comic way when he's doing the thing with the roses and He's like, oh, you can't hear it. And then all the dogs come running and you're like, yeah. oh God, it was, it's tough. He's also kind of mean. I feel like he's kind of mean too. Like he's not very nice sometimes. Yeah. There's a couple of things with that. Like, first of all, you're right, Megan. It's like, he's meant to be this brilliant inventor, but all we've seen of his inventions is that they don't work. <laughs> and then the other thing is like, he's meant to be like a little bit zany but again we don't see any kind of zaniness from him he's just sort of a serious guy that's like oh it didn't work I'm gonna tweak it and try it again like a normal person would do and yeah he's he's can be a little bit cutting with people so you're like because what you needed is for like him to seem more doddery like and Van Johnson just doesn't play him that way he plays him like you know, like he's the sort of hero of the story, which I get. And then in the end, he kind of gets this thing with the where he gets the girl. And again, you would think if he was sort of an awkward inventor, like an inward looking person, that ending wouldn't be quite so romantic. It would be more like, oh, I'd really love you to stay instead of being yeah. like a big profession of love in front of mm. friends. Well, also it's that trope again that I don't love where it's like, We've now had this a couple of times where it's like the woman is pining after this guy, but like why she would be that into him is a little confusing. And then, you know, it's like she's just kind of waiting around for him to decide that he does like her. Mm -hmm. For decades, for decades. Like he's known this woman since he worked at this place decades ago. And it's like, has she just been sat around like waiting for him or, oh. I mean, I hope not. I hope not. And also what does everybody do with these companies? <laughs> it is confusing. Also, I was laughing because I was listening to Cabot Cove Confidential where they're talking about another episode that deals with a Founders Day event. <laughs> And they're like, maybe they shouldn't have these events anymore. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, if you're at that 
baseball diamond and a car <laughs> with no driver comes like screeching into there that's like so scary yeah, yeah i would not leave the house the crazy thing is if that was to happen today that would be crazy like it's not like even though there's like self-driving cars that are being developed and stuff that is still a very unusual thing to see is a car that does not have a driver in it a human being in it and so to see one going like that at somebody across a pitch would be I mean it'd be terrifying everybody's just like oh you know and then Ethan's like I swear the car didn't have a driver and it's like everybody's so dismissive I was like if it did have a driver and someone just plowed through the the founder's day picnic like that's bad too like everyone's just like oh you know remind me did the car like hit like try to hit the guy and then just like kept driving off and drove away very it drove slowly. Away and no one caught it. So slow. Like it, it was, drove away like, <laughs> it like went down this hill and turned right. <laughs> it genuinely looked like it was going down Lombard. You know, the, yeah. the twisty okay. bit of Lombard. Where you just like, like someone could have easily gotten the plates off. Yeah, of that's yeah. <laughs> no one, no one got the plate for the van that was literally a foot behind Jessica. <laughs> I when know, she I know. I'm like, I can read the license plate. Is anyone? <laughs> APB out like (laughs) and it was such a distinct car with the wood handling and everything I mean this is kind of back to um all the episode we watched a few times ago I can't remember what it's called with the oh great what happened in the episode (laughs) the guy comes into town and is sort of stalking the other guy we just watched it and he's kind of weird and Jessica's not very nice to him. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh Andrew Durbin. Uh, with yeah. these fallout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, thought of, I thought of Barbitals and um not Dean oh. Stockwell, but the Dean Stockwell lookalike. Oh, his brother. Guy. No, Bye. not Elmo. Never mind. It's a guy, the guy <laughs> with the with the sailor pea coat that comes in and is like a PI or something looking for. Oh, um, um, Donnelly Rhodes. Yeah. But he, yeah, I mean, oh, no, I'm thinking of something else. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Go go on, Glennon. This is like, no, I I was just going to say. I'm so sorry. (laughs) When thieves fall out. Wait, is that the one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, When thieves fall out, like, the car was so distinct that that was part of the point, that it it was the car from the accident. So yeah. this felt like a pretty distinct car for kind of no reason other than for us to recognize it. I mean, it's a whole computer in the back seat. Is that why they need the big van? Oh, maybe. Not, not the maybe. van, the wood paneling mini. Or, See, um, I would imagine in Cabot Cove, that's like all the rage is a sedan, <laughs> or is, a, is a station wagon like that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it it does remind me a lot of like carpools, like yeah. being picked up from school and stuff in a car like that, like very wide. A lot of like, you know, in the summer, your legs would stick to the like plastic seats because yeah. yeah. it would go, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, now, I mean, we drive around in such luxurious vehicles, it's a little bit hard to imagine when they show the wheel. <laughs> 
and it has all the like indentations where you're supposed uh, to yeah. stick your fingers in it's like oh yeah <laughs> also I'm like where were they hiding these cars during because uh, they're both yeah I, I, but, <laughs> in the bushes where Jessica yeah. runs I guess <laughs> oh so yeah I love that line when she says to Amos, if you jogged every morning like I do, maybe you'd learn something. <laughs> <laughs> and I know. I mean, gosh, she came in hot for Amos like every two seconds. She was yeah. like, you fool. <laughs> Ethan came in hot for Amos. Yeah. I know. That was, I mean, so Megan was mentioning during the episode and so the guy that plays Ethan, whose name is, um, sorry, I wrote this down, Claude Akins. He um, was in four episodes of Murder, She Wrote. So he, as Megan was saying before, was sort of the original Seth. So the friend that's not Amos, that is sort of helping her like solve it, kind of. Just like someone around to kind of bounce ideas off of who's a good listener. So Ethan is a fisherman in Cabot Cove. Um, and I have no idea and I, I'm scared to Wikipedia cause I'm worried it's something bad. I don't know why they get rid of, why they don't continue with that character. So I don't know I if found myself you did. On a, okay. on a message board. I, so I don't know if this is <laughs> bad. It's basically that he thought his part should be bigger and he would be more involved and was unhappy and was written out. Mm. right okay I don't think that's like that bad and also I also wonder if like I was thinking about logistically or practically it's nice if her friend is a medical examiner because then she can get the information quickly and Amos can continue to be Amos which is not really know what's going on until the very end so Ethan's fine you know but it's the dynamic with Seth is so much better. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say about this. Yeah. I, you know that I what I, I'm going to say, because I guess I'm the perv of the group. I listened through the last episode, that, <laughs> which is the Ireland one, and all I mention is about sexual chemistry. And the thing <laughs> is, she does not have that with Ethan. Like, they, they seem kind of like pals. But even then, it doesn't have, like, she has more... And it's not romantic, but more chemistry with Amos than she does with Ethan. So it's like Ethan's just kind of around and is kind of funny and, and he's great. He is great. Yeah. But the the relationship between those two doesn't feel as real as the relationship between her and Seth. So like when they're talking to each other, it's like, I don't really think these two people would hang out. Like, I just don't mm. think they, they don't, it doesn't feel as natural and so when seth comes in even though he doesn't start till season two even i think we watched the first episode with seth in it which was um was it a lady in the lake no um oh. it's it's uh it's, sorry i can't remember now but i can't he, let me look I, I remember that we were all like thought he'd been in it before because yeah. it felt so natural the way they kind of worked it. oh it's um joshua peabody yeah it's joshua peabody and it's funny how it's just so weird because like I don't know anything about this stuff 
like how you hire actors and how they have chemistry with each other. They don't have chemistry with each other, but it's like, you can just feel it right away. As soon as he's there, these two people feel like old friends that have known each other a long time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry. I I could listen. I could go on about this. (laughs) This is like my favorite topic of conversation. (laughs) Sorry. I've forgotten about Ethan, you know, I mean, like, Again, well, and they tried to make him like really jokey with the other business partner, and he's like, "Oh, you could get a cab from the train station," but it like it just wasn't funny. And the guy was like, or he was like, "Oh, but you could also get a ride from like Jimmy," and he's like, "Oh, where's Jimmy at the train station?" Yuck, 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 yuck. And then he's like, "Where are you going?" And uh, you know, the train station was two miles, but then the hospital where he's going was one mile, and that was not comedic gold. No, it was actually old Pete. That he was in a disorder. Old Pete. <laughs> Is there a young Pete? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. A young. I did. Also, yeah, I did like that. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. Who was the guy that was getting chased by the car in the beginning? What was his name? Charles Woodley. So, the, do you want to know the actor's name? No, no. Like, did he say that his company was? wonko electronics did anyone else i i'm not gonna lie to you megan i thought that's what he said and i was like i misheard that so i'm not gonna write it down and they'll say it again and then they never said it again i was like okay that's what i heard was wonko (laughs) i was so distracted by how much leg they were requiring that man to show in that scene like when they panned in it was like he was wearing daisy dukes because his leg was like and I was like this poor man I was like this is a pretend thing like they could have his short his pants come down a little bit further towards the knee this feels a little mean but yeah I thought that's what he'd said but nobody else then said it I thought like somebody else would say it well they kept pulling on the what is that does anyone know has anyone hurt their leg to the point where they're going up and down on the well now they have beds at least from my injury (laughs) where they it raises up your leg for you so the the like one of those sleep number or you know whatever it's for circulation uh to reduce swelling it makes But the nurse like cranking it up and down, yeah. like really, I can't no, it, around it. And it's just got to be above heart level, which it looked. He was amazing. doing the splits. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> pulling it like repeatedly. Just, I don't think that helps. <laughs> uh, I laughed when he said, "Here comes little Mary Sunshine," and then the nurse comes in and is like, "Well, she and she had literally just left." Do you know who that nurse was? Who? She's Liza Adams from uh, Benedict Arnold's Lipped Here. So she's oh. the hippie niece. So this is her other murder she wrote appearance was as that nurse. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> so she got a bit of a bigger part the second time around. But yeah, I mean, that whole bit, the, the comedy of the hospital sequences, you're like, that looks horrible. This looks like they're torturing somebody because he's like an out-of-towner or whatever. But when he was running away from the driverless car the second time around and he threw his cane 
that did make me laugh i (laughs) jumped it into the air and started sprinting i thought that was very funny very um, kaiser soze and the usual (laughs) yeah that's what they say you know that movie is based on this episode of murder she wrote oh my god i wish the whole time (laughs) um one thing that i also noted which is so minor but i don't know why it bothered me so much was um when jessica's showing up to daniel's house she's wearing these like beautiful white adidas with blue stripes and she's talking to um katie and then goes into daniel's workshop and they switch her into these terrible brown boots and then switch her back into the white and blue adidas afterwards and are they shell tops the shell top ones i don't know what that means. <laughs> there was an there was an inside outside you, I, the weird thing is with this show and I, may, I maybe i'm wrong about this i feel like the outside shots in cabot cove are almost all centered around like the middle of town or her front yard it's really like weird to see the front yards of other people's homes because you sort of think of this as like a little like yeah like a little kind of beachside community so with all these people would have it all felt like quite suburban looking which is not what i was expecting and no, I mean, Glennis, you're right. Like, I remember once when I was in, must have been in like junior high age, I was watching the A team, and there was this one character who, every time she was outside, her hair was like huge and permed. And then they would walk inside and it would be stick straight. And it would be like the same scene, but she's like just walking inside and outside of this building. And you're like, wow, they really did it. Like, continuity was not a major concern. <laughs> it, it was so minor that it, it really it really wasn't an issue. But I just loved the Adidas so much that I thought it was a waste to not use them in all scenes. Also, I noted that she says, there's one scene where she said, calls Daniel by name, like, four or five times but she says it in like a very strange accent which also leads me to my comment about the accents in this episode but she calls him like Daniel she's like Daniel she's like but Daniel wouldn't do that but Daniel <laughs> it did seem like a strange name for him like it felt like his name should be Eugene Yes, or like I was gonna say Melvin, like something a yeah. little more that you would associate with, like, like it felt scientist. weird to me. Well, it felt weird to me that his name was Daniel and his nephew's name was Tony, because I felt like it should have been the other way around. The yeah. Daniel seems like a younger name to me than Tony, well, Tony does. Like I don't holiday. Know. <laughs> hey, we were on a real holiday with those. Listen, the man couldn't button more than two shirt buttons at a time. Incapable. Mm -hmm. He showed up to a woman's dinner at her house with, I mean, was there a button even buttoned? I I could see all of his chest hair. So that when he (laughs) took his shirt off in a later scene, it felt quite banal because we're like, we've already seen this man topless because he showed up at Jessica's house with essentially no shirt on. I was just like, I, it was so like beefcakey. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I loved every second of it, but it was like one of those things where you're like, <laughs> it, they just got this guy in and they're like, 
I'm so sorry. Like, meanwhile, they have Ethan playing baseball in a full-blown wool sweater and bell bottoms. But then they have Tony running around and it's so hot, he can't possibly button more than yeah, a couple of buttons. Yeah, or he wears a skin-tight um, La- Lacoste polo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Out, actually, when he got out of the car, I was like, oh, they've put a whole shirt on this guy. And then he walked over and I realized, <laughs> oh, but they like took out the, the side seam and redid yeah. it to make it as tight as humanly possible. Yeah. Like and I got it in like two sizes too small. Yeah. It's just like, I, I mean, like I thought it was great, but I also, it made me laugh because I was like, he was in so much of it as well. Like yeah. normally the younger people in the eighties anyways, aren't in as many, but um, sorry. Yeah. That was just, <laughs> just made me laugh. Um, also, did we note when she realized she liked Leslie, she said, we're going to get along famously to Leslie. Jessica says that. Why did she say that to her? Do you remember? No. Oh, because she'd read her books. Because she'd read her books. I am telling you, this is <laughs> yeah, the thing. Yeah. She was like, oh, I think your books are great. And Jessica's like, really? <laughs> she certainly <laughs> didn't say that to Terry last time. When she had read yeah, well, Terry hadn't even bothered to read it. She'd had it since Christmas. For months. Yeah, pretty rude. Pretty she was rude. too busy flirting with that young whippity. <laughs> what do you call him? Like, a whippity. <laughs> the tennis player. The tennis player. The guy from Saturday Night Fever. From Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> I, I mentioned this in Menace, anyone, but the way Van Johnson speaks is, I don't know if it's an accent. I don't really, it's just like. It's a bit hoity-toity. And it's like, just. I can't do it. <laughs> okay. No, you were right, Megan. Well. Go with it. You were right. Yeah, lean good. into it. Yeah. Lean in. Jessica. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like New England elite, like weirdo accent, maybe. And it sort of lives up here, right? It lives yeah. right yeah. in his nasal sort of passages, but it's like it also sounds like he's just drunk, like. A full glass of milk before he starts yeah. talking it's got that kind of phlegm thickness to it yeah i mean i guess phlegm, but it's like oh no but i was just gonna say but this <laughs> raises the accent question again because the either cabot cove is just a very diverse town that brings in lots of people from different regional uh with different regional <laughs> accents because like okay so when she's stuck in the car and there's that harrowing chaotic scene where she's just like pressed to the <laughs> windshield there's like <laughs> these two dudes walking up the hill i think they were going fishing and they sounded like they were from the deep south they're like oh there there goes jessica you know <laughs> she's just y'all like <laughs> just driving in her car and then and they, they had, joke they should have also had a joke there where one of them should have said, I thought she didn't drive. Right. And like, but they right. didn't it finish so it. So no, and then there was the cashier at the supermarket who also had an insane accent that I could not place. Where, um, and she, I, I don't know, it's just all, and then Daniel's accent and then calling him Daniel. And the, I, I don't know, there was just a lot of, uh... <laughs> it's a lot of accent work. You're right. I mean, <laughs> 
I think, and also the fact that Ethan, who yeah, I guess you're meant to think he's from Cabot Cove, he's a fisherman, he should have probably quite a thick Maine accent, has no accent, no discernible accent, I didn't think at all. Yeah, and I feel like they add more accents when they do more Cabot Cove episodes, like... I feel yeah. like the mayor and then Amos, obviously, and Seth all have pretty thick accents. But yeah, it's kind of all over the place. The mayor, you're right. Love I think the as they settle into it more, because yeah, like I guess Eve Simpson doesn't have a cat of a main accent, and neither does um, what's the salon owner's name? Loretta. Loretta. Actually, none of them do. None of them do in the beauty salon. But my favorite character that I don't think we ever see is Letitia, and she makes several appearances. On- <laughs> Letitia, <laughs> yeah, that's, awesome. I know. that's so good. <laughs> I love. She's like, just give me the numbers, Letitia. Letitia's like, yeah. okay. She does those calls to Letitia in another episode <laughs> when she's in the bed. Letitia, I know what I heard. <laughs> I mean, Letitia's a character that we never see, but love her. God. Also, how good is Katie at remembering those phone numbers? So good. Yeah. No area codes, too. Impressive. She's like, oh, that's my old <laughs> boss's number. I haven't worked there in six years, a decade. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, that is a good memory. <laughs> More area codes? No. They did say 555 a lot. Well, because I think that, yeah. Well, that's movie number. Bobby Teenager. Anytime Bobby you say. Teenager from <laughs> One Two Three Main Street. <laughs> five five five. Five America's five five. Heartland. Yep. America's Heartland. <laughs> <laughs> also, I the there's a part where Katie's talking to Jessica and she's like when he got let go he went crazy and she's like no no I don't mean crazy he was just like very very angry and you're like that's not better (laughs) you just seemed homicidal I don't get what the big deal is he was just very upset it's like oh Oh, the other thing too is um Leslie she looked so familiar And I did, well, Megan's already going to know what I'm going to say. And I did a deep dive and she was uh, one of the lieutenants on New York Undercover. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's New New York Undercover? Megan, go ahead. (laughs) It was a show in the 90s with these like two hunky cops and they, she was their boss. I'm in. Malik Yoba and Michael DeLorenzo. Michael DeLorenzo. Oh, wow. There's a lot of this right now. Like bulky leather jackets in these images. They mastered the puffy North Face jacket and Timberland boots perfectly. Mm. They're always undercover, Glennis. Yeah, I loved this show so much. But I haven't watched it probably since then. I haven't either. (laughs) (laughs) It did say Patty Darbinville was Don Johnson's son's mother. Yeah. Sorry, what? Before Melanie? I think like in between. Jesse Johnson. Okay. But Don Johnson's got like five kids. So oh, yeah. I, yeah, I think he has quite a few. 
Um, okay, sorry. I'm going to this show now. Sorry, I we just have a look. Cat Stevens. She was a. I think she was in an Andy what? Warhol movie. Yeah, like she's. she's What's Cat Stevens uh, now? Oh my God, you guys. Yusuf Islam. I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure. I remember this show. Oh yeah, God, so I would never yeah, have known. <laughs> I think it was on Fox on like Sunday nights or something. I mean, this has Fox written all over yeah. it. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, but they cast like two hunky dudes. I mean, come on, everybody's gonna. Oh, Dick Wolf was one of the creators. Oh no wonder. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, it was on for five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I was like pretty into this show. Me too. It's got like a tagline on IMDb. What's the tagline? The tagline is drugs, robbery, corruption, rape, murder, cops versus criminals. The undercover war has started. Welcome to New York City. (laughs) Quite a long tagline. (laughs) It covers a lot of bases. It was on for five years. I cannot believe, or four seasons, I guess, but spanning five years. Oh my God, you guys... Oh no, now I just like need to like sit and go through this all. <laughs> <laughs> Have left open for later. <laughs> sorry, I'm like now, okay, sorry, I'm paying attention again. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm gonna close this because otherwise I'm gonna keep looking. Um yeah, I wonder if you can find it anywhere. I, you not. know, but it's like one of those shows where it's like probably I don't know mid-level I don't know how it did but like probably mid-level ratings while it was on and eventually kind of fizzled out and yeah I mean it looks like um it looks like Michael DiLorenzo wasn't even in maybe the last season yeah neither was Patty Darwin no so they must have brought in somebody somebody else to cover that part but those parts but yeah oh my god so funny okay sorry yeah, no, I was. It was a it was a favorite of mine. I'm trying to think anything else I want to add before we go to our list. But oh, I mean, like Daniel. I think it's a whole thing where he's like this, like we talked about earlier, but like this quirky inventor, and like his lab looks insane. <laughs> like it's just yeah. Like I don't know. I was just like, what? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's hard because when you first see him he's riding that bike and they're playing like do 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 music because he's like not paying attention you're like oh this is a silly farting music guy like that's what mm-hmm. they're doing and um he's like he shows up and just is like oh what's that contraption he's like oh it's like basically like meant to be like you know, reading your heart rate and speed and all that. She's like, well, currently it's telling you you're going 90 miles an hour, so it must not be working. It's like, ah. And then you go into his workshop and it is like, looks so high tech. And there's like, there's like plans everywhere and it's all white and there's loads of machinery. And you're like, I thought this man was meant to be kind of a doofus. Like, but they, and now he's got all this equipment. You're like, how can he be, you know, this isn't just a guy who's inventing silly inventions like, oh, you know what it felt like they were going to have him be like was, um, I can't remember the name of the character, but the Rick Moranis character from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Exactly. was sort of a yeah. failure, but he happens to come across this one thing that actually works. And it's like, yeah. but he's not like that. This guy was a corporate inventor. Right. <laughs> it also, it also felt like, um, like John... 
Hillerman's character in the toy shop. Yeah. yeah. And it felt like it should be sort of quirky and like have some whimsy to him a little bit. And meanwhile, I mean, the only, so just the last point before we go to the list for me is that I wrote down some lines he was saying and he just kind of came off kind of prickly. Yeah. Like he goes, um, only thing I'd invent or I'd invite Woody to is a hanging party. And then he goes, all yeah, this that was Woody giving me indigestion. And I'm like, he's not like a lovable kind of like yeah professor inventor guy like a john like the similar to the john hillerman i guess is what i thought we were gonna get but we did it yeah no, no. he yeah it it was confusing because yeah he no he did not seem quirky like he i mean he just seemed yeah and he said i would invite him to a hanging party and only then if i was in charge of the ropes like that's pretty grim. so grim oh yeah it is it's like I was upsetting so by the first part i didn't write the second part down Ugh, and i love when she's flirting with uh, when june allison's flirting with him and she's like he's a confirmed bachelor sort of teasing <laughs> him about and you're like i think this guy just seems like a jerk like i i don't know it's yeah. like, i can kind of see why women wouldn't have been like flocking to hang out with this dude like he seems mean and weird yeah it yeah. is strange that she would be like so into him and for so long like that i like june allison you can do better so much better when it i like it, back to the like musical score it, it felt like that was trying to make him quirky and funny like it was like doo, 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 doo. i bet he was like oh my bike doesn't work and like Ooh. and then like there were all these little like upbeat music bits like along with him and with jessica and the car and all that so it felt like it was trying to lift up what he was lacking yeah. <laughs> well and also jessica was trying to sort of be like we're such great pals and she would tease him about his invention not working and all the dogs show up and she's like i think he needs a little fine tuning and blah 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 <laughs> and like okay maybe jessica's coming in a little hot on the inventions but it's like it makes it she's teasing him in a way that she would amos or like later seth but <laughs> but like I don't know what it is about the way Van Johnson's playing this. He does not give her an inch. So mm -hmm. she does that. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I better work on it. <laughs> you're like, oh, right. Yeah, these guys seem like great friends. Like, it just, <laughs> you, like, Glenn and Ashley, you're right. Like, it just comes across like this weird dynamic. And what's weird is in Menace Anyone, but a season later, when he plays the owner of the tennis club, he's... They don't know each other. They have no past shared history. And yet he's super generous with her and uh -huh. friendly and like wants her around and, you know, and eventually tells her the truth. And it's like all very affable. And yet this was <laughs> like so different. It's like, maybe he got some notes afterwards and he was like, okay, next time I'm going to play this different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that you're right. That's a, that's a really fair and good point <laughs> just like such an unlikable character um okay sorry uh, i'm just trying to think did anybody have uh, anything else they wanted to add before we go on to the list mm -mm. no okay so um all right let's go through it let me get to my page thunder weather no so there was rain the weekend before 
Mm. They delayed the Founders Day picnic. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. Sorry. Yes. Can't forget. Do you know that lady she was talking to at the picnic she was setting up was called Lois, I think. Yeah. I think this is right. And that actor was the voices of Flotsam and Jetsam and Little Little Mermaid. Oh, that's so interesting. Because she has a huge IMDb credits listing, that woman. But um, but not like anything starring, but just in a lot of stuff. She was also in Hercules, but she played a character I didn't. I think it must be one of the little, like, a bit like Flotsam and Jetsam, like the little sort of henchmen of, of um, Hades. Anyways, poisoning or bludgeoning? Oh, sorry, secret doors, closet hiding. N- no. Poisoning, bludgeoning, hit by a car. So that's a great <laughs> This was one of those ones where we like really did not get to know the victim at all. Mm. No, that's an that's a good point. We don't know the victim. They seem kind of like a jerk, but they're only in the episode for about two seconds. Mm. And then it's like just sort of solving it, I guess. Um phone wire cut, no, she's shaking, no, window peep. Okay, I put peeping from the Ford van okay. as they're controlling the driverless car. And Ethan as well, when he sees her go go by. Isn't he in his car? Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. isn't there in cars so much? She's peeping out of the window the whole time she's in that car. <laughs> um, <laughs> fake name ID, no. Fuzz cop quirk, uh, no, because it was Amos and no cop, cop chemistry. Businessy... Oh, sorry, go on, Ashley. Ethan saying that he clears his throat when he's trying to make a decision or doesn't know something. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. His name is Quirk. Just wanted to add that. I like it. Yeah. I like he says, because you play checkers with him. It's like, <laughs> uh, is that like competitive checkers or something? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of money in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, businessy business inventions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh what's leslie a road salesman woman road salesman i could not i could not you know what i kept thinking of i kept thinking of tommy boy where they're driving around trying to sell the uh the the brake pads (laughs) that's what leslie does (laughs) driving around (laughs) brake pads (laughs) um age ain't nothing but a number okay so um june allison in this episode was 67 and van johnson was 68 so that's fine um perfectly respectable and actually very romantic at the end when they sort of profess their love for each other um tony holiday sorry edward albert the play tony holiday was 33 and pat darbinville was also 33 okay all right very respectable and then um not that it matters so much but ethan and jessica and angela are basically the same age so there we go everybody you know fine no problems in a way it's a disappointment because i like it when they have a big age spread but there we go (laughs) yeah no that that all that all sounds good I've said it before, and I want you to know I wrote it down not once but twice about the shirt button issue on with uh, Tony. <laughs> I don't think it's an issue, really. <laughs> it's not an issue. Yeah. You're right. It's no just an observation. Yeah, I, I felt okay about it. Smooches. 
uh, Tony and Leslie. I mean, you knew it was coming because of how much skin we were seeing in this episode. And then they make out at one scene, Um, which was fine. Yeah, you know. It didn't bother me like too much. It it was fine. Although maybe in retrospect, you're meant to think because she's trying to get him to get the uncle um, <laughs> checked out by a psychiatrist, and then she starts like hooking up with him. So it's like maybe you're meant to think, oh, maybe there's a little something to that that seems a bit odd. Yeah. Um, familial ties, no. These are all Cabot Co. friends. Mm-hmm. Um, eyes closed, head shake she does that but not at the end she does an eye closed head nod when katie's talking about daniel she closes her eyes she's like i understand it's like girl you need to get a life okay this guy is not (laughs) worth it also the part at the end i mean it doesn't it's not like i closed head shake but when she's they keep panning back to her watching leslie and i thought that was really entertaining like the faces <laughs> she was making were really good she's like you know trying to catch leslie out on her lie <laughs> um that was good because also it's like she set up this quite elaborate thing with so mm. many people um yeah. it's like i don't know um yeah, I always love when she realizes she's got someone and there's that kind of bingo expression she gets. So she's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when it's someone she obviously doesn't care about. Although she was probably devastated here because let's be honest, Leslie had read her books. So they were already best yeah. friends. Um, okay, here we go. Fave outfit, worst outfit. Megan, do you want to start? Yeah, I actually really struggled to find a favorite outfit, to be honest. Um, I, I okay, like I want, in the very beginning, Dan Johnson was wearing a light brown hat with like a darker brown circle in the middle that I kind of liked. But like, I don't, I don't know. It was, I now you guys have pointed this out before, but now I do notice it more that in the earlier seasons they're dressing her in really baggy clothes, and it just not all of them are that flattering and I the one I really did not like was she's in a brown skirt peach top and yellow sweater yeah and I thought actually they did real dirty by June Allison and they constantly had her in those long sweaters that were not flattering and even Leslie in her like shorts and scarf I was like I don't like this either (laughs) (laughs) so what was your worst one then (laughs) all of them all of them yeah yeah okay you know, um, Johnson wore a suit at the end that I thought looked good and he had like the red pocket square I'll go with that as my favorite but otherwise I didn't love the outfits in this one Ashley what do you think I think the worst was Ethan's khaki colored bell bottoms <laughs> yeah okay. yeah of the outfits I actually liked Leslie's lavender shorts and polo top and a sweater wrapped around I thought it was like kind of a nice monochrome and then in the last scene she was wearing an army green button-up that she had tied around the waist and some jeans and I liked that but I feel like yep June Allison I just felt like they put her in like baggy stuff and like belted it and like hoped it worked And Jessica, it's again with these, like, 
I think the tops were good in some cases, like a nice collared shirt and a sweater. But on the bottom, I felt like they did those like like really flowy skirts that just really don't don't flatter her. Yeah. So what about you, Glennis? Um, I liked uh well, Jessica's blue Adidas, blue and white Adidas. Those were nice. Uh, and Leslie's dressing gown, the silk one. Mm, oh yeah. Okay. That was nice. Uh, but yeah, then but like that again as everyone else I struggled with even to find those two um and hated pretty much every outfit (laughs) right (laughs) yeah I didn't write anything down for fave outfit I I, yeah Leslie's robe was fine it was there's like a pink and a purple to it which was kind of nice um I mean the thing is like it's like I wanted to say some of Tony's outfits looked were my favorite because they just looked sort of semi-normal. So he was wearing like nice sort of tight jeans with a shirt. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, at least that doesn't look actively bad. So it's like, <laughs> but then it was hard to pick that because the outfit I was going to pick was the outfit he wore to Jessica's for dinner. But then he sat down. And then his entire chest was revealed. And I was like, I, okay, I can't pick that as my favorite. It's not really clothes. It's just sort of like a sort of facade of clothing. <laughs> but um, my worst outfit is hard because I, I just think, I agree, Ashley. Like they do so dirty by older women on the show sometimes, like especially in the early seasons. I think they stopped doing that. Like I think of... Even when we look at an episode like The Family Jewels, where I don't think people really liked Brenda Vaccaro's clothes and we thought they kind of dressed her badly, it was nothing on the level of this. Like, at least at that dinner party, they gave her sort of a semi-fitted outfit. Like, it maybe wasn't our favorite, but June Allison's clothes in this, they, like, would put, like, a real bold necklace with, like, a high-necked, flowy thing. And it's, like, this woman looks like she weighs a hundred pounds. Like you, you telling me you can't find something small enough to fit her frame. Like it seems weird. And so, yeah, I, I just thought I, I haven't looked at it. I don't know who did was the costume designer on this one, but I, I can't believe it was our boy, Al. I just can't believe that. I don't want to believe it. And she must be really short because there is a scene where she's standing next to Jessica. And yeah. I, I think Jessica's like six inches taller than her. Yeah. And oh yeah. Yeah, I I just felt yeah, maybe okay. It was early days. It's before you know she's gone to New York and they start putting her in in better stuff. In J- Jessica, because yeah, it was just they it, it was like just not good. Sorry. <laughs> it's not Al. I know it is hard. It's not Al. Especially when Jay Allen Highfill. Yeah. Like Widow Weep for me, where it's like she's dressed so glamorous. Oh, so good. That you're like, yeah, I mean, they they do, it gets better as the show goes on. Oh, he did Fairy Tale Theater? Oh, I used to love that show. I'll I'll do my own deep dive offline. Oh, no, sorry, Um, now I'm into that. Um, (laughs) Well, speaking of height, did anyone notice when she was. It like in with Daniel, and he looked like he was two feet taller than her when they're looking through his boxes to he find the. Stood a- on a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the bit where June Allison and Jessica are standing there when 
um, Daniel's being taken off to get a psychiatric review and Jessica puts her hand on Jane Allison's shoulder and it felt like such a power play because she's already like a few inches taller than her. And then she's like, <laughs> all right, feels bold. Um, okay, so here we go. Biggest hunk. What do we think? Glynis, do you want to start? Uh, Tony. Tony. Megan? Tony. Ashley? Ethan. Ethan. <laughs> I, I get it. I was going to say Ethan. the station wagon. I was like, let me get <laughs> <laughs> that Ford van. Um, yeah, I thought, um, I thought Tony was... I thought Tony was cute. I did. I did. Um, I'm just trying to think if he was my biggest hunk, but yeah, I mean, I guess he probably was. I don't remember thinking anybody else was like overly hunky. Um, okay. JB Burns. Ashley, do you have any Burns? Just looking through. No. I don't. None that were the none that weren't already said. I did like when she approaches Leslie when Leslie's at the van and she goes, "What made you rush up to this particular vehicle?" Guys, <laughs> <laughs> like, got you. Um, but that's it. That's all I got. Okay, Glennis, do you have any others? Uh, no, it's just the jogging one. If you jogged every morning, like I do, maybe you'd learn something. Megan, what about you? Yeah, I, I didn't, it wasn't a verbal burn, but I mean, when she was eyeballing uh, Leslie during, when she caught her, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. There were a couple of burns. I don't think, maybe Jessica said one or two, but Ethan says at one point, are you saying I was drunk to Amos? And Amos says, in a word, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that and then um it's not really a bird but um uh Ethan says it's not a child's game it's a test of skill about the arcade game that made In me coordination like- yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I just, that whole bit was quite funny. Um, and also yeah. we got another Sheriff Think in this one where Jessica goes, Sheriff Think. Oh, also I did write down when they were talking about the Founders Day speech and she's like, I, I guess I'm going to ha- you know, have to write something about the Founders and she's and Jessica says it's gonna be so embarrassing to tell the truth because <laughs> I guess this is like the running joke of the show is that the founders were all like terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wasn't there a Revolutionary War comment from Lois? So the cat Captain Wayne they mentioned was a founding father of Cabot uh-huh. Cove, one of them, I guess, but he was also mentioned as being a pirate, and he fought for the British in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> It was like, you can never say that. That's the biggest scandal, right? But I'm sure they've they've said that about other people. Wasn't Joshua Peabody also later discussed to be kind of a bad guy? (laughs) It's 200 years. I think other stuff has happened. And Benedict Arnold (laughs) was like... He slipped there. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing is that whenever they talk about the guys that founded Cabot Cove, they're always talking about that they were like corrupt or doing something bad or so yeah. it's it's funny that that's like such a staple of this show like um that. okay favorite guest star glennis why don't you start oh um uh, where's the imdb page uh, <laughs> quick 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 <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll go with Patty Edwards since she said she was in Hercules. Oh, um, yeah. Lo- Lo- Lois. Lois. She plays yeah. one of the um, prophets, the one with the, uh, oh, the singular sorry. eye. I didn't recognize the name of the character, Atropos or something like that. I, yeah. yeah, I didn't either, but then I looked, I, I Google searched it. And... That's interesting. Um, Ashley, who did you think was your favorite? I would say Ethan. I would consider Ethan a guest star. Okay. Um, He's only or, in four. Yeah, yeah, or Leslie. Either one of those. Okay, Megan? Yeah, I think I might go Ethan. I, um, because I, yeah, I, yeah, I'll say Ethan. I, okay, I, I did like Ethan a lot. Um. And I liked um, the guy that played Tony, too. I thought he was good. Um, I actually also liked the guy that played Charles Woodley. Yeah. Um, Stuart yeah. Whitman. I thought he was very good. Like, I guess the one thing with his character, she's sort of like, this guy just seems like a bad guy, but I don't know why he seems <laughs> that way. Um, actually, I thought, you know, I just, it was um, the Van Johnson, June Allison relationship was a little bit confusing, but then it's like, I didn't think they were bad. I just, you know, it was, maybe I didn't care as much about that couple as I did about some of the other people. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Glennis's guess. Who did you guess, Glennis? Yeah, so I guess Tony. Well, because I, I thought that maybe he knew something about the patents and about, like, I thought of it more as like him trying to protect his uncle and like not meaning to frame him. And I thought like I could see that avenue happening. Glennis, I'm not going to lie to you. Up until the last like five minutes of the show, I thought it was Tony too. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen this episode so many times. And yet sometimes I just cannot recall the last like 10 minutes of the show. Like I remember bits of it, but and so you said Tony, and so Mark was watching the episode with us as well, listeners, and he guessed Leslie, and he had a whole rationale about why he thought it was Leslie. And I was like, I, I re- even when he said it, I was like, I still don't really remember who this was. And I certainly didn't remember that she was in cahoots with Woodley. Um, so yeah, I thought Tony was the good guess. And you were kind of half right, because it, she they needed Tony to complete the yeah. con, um but but then also i guess when you watch it sort of think of it again he's so like kind to the uncle and stuff you'd be like he would have to be a monster to have be setting him up like that like that would well, be so, so that's dark. what i thought that like that he was inadvertently setting him up but really just trying to get rid of the two bad bosses mm-hmm. right um yeah, because it because also he fights with Jessica as well, and so you're probably that probably also you're thinking, oh, you don't fight with Jessica if you're not bad. Yeah, 
Yeah. My tip off usually is that like someone's driven somewhere or like left for a night. And I'm like, unless mm. they make a point of proving it, like addressing it in dialogue that, oh, security cameras or something so-and-so confirmed. That's when my antenna usually goes up. Mm, that's a good I point. I feel like any, oh, sorry. I feel, I feel like anytime someone drives to Portland, you're right. Yeah. When they mention <laughs> about driving to Portland, you're like, uh-oh, Portland. They didn't go. There. <laughs> um, okay, so. Unless somebody has anything else to add, we are about to go on to fave moment overall rankings. So Ashley, do you want to start us off with that? Sure. Um, my fave moment is uh, Jessica and Ethan at the arcade game. And my overall ranking is probably a six is coming to mind. There's some funny bits, but um, it wasn't my favorite. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Megan, do you want to go next? Sure. Yeah. I think I'm going to go six also because like in my head, this episode always sticks out as like that. I liked it, but rewatching it, I was like, I, I think the fact that Van Johnson's character is not very likable kind of brings it down for me. And then my favorite part is when she's in the car and it's like driving and she's, stuck in there I thought I mean it made me laugh out loud and the part with the dogs also made me laugh out loud so that was good Glennis what do you think yeah I mean it was it was all right uh I'd give it like a five um and yeah I I liked both those scenes as well yeah, I think the best scene, well, in my opinion, is the um, is the bit where she gets stuck in the car. <laughs> and I weirdly think that should have happened in the third act. So I think it happens just before the second act or something, mm-hmm. into the second act or maybe just the beginning third act, which is why I got confused about how much more of the episode we had left. Because I feel like it happened earlier on than I was expecting, so I actually, on rewatch, found this a lot slower than I remember thinking of it. Because you just remember the best bits, which is the car coming onto the pitch of the baseball game, her getting stuck in the car. Because that mm-hmm. racing around sequence is scary. And like the bit also where the guy gets stuck on the highway alone with the car and gets killed that way. It's like, those are all really exciting things, but the rest of the episode is so sort of like low, the sort of energy. So, yeah, I mean, I would probably give it, I guess I'll give it a six. I, yeah, because I like some of it. Well, I don't know, six. I'm going to give it a five. Oh, that feels so mean. I, yeah. Okay. Glennis is with me. Um, and I just wanted to say, <laughs> I didn't mention it before, but I thought this was weird. When they're in the store, McIntyre's, and they go to play the arcade game, all the books on the sort of carousel next to the arcade game are upside down. Oh. And I was like, do you oh. think that was because you could, shouldn't be able to read the title or something because they didn't have the rights to the... <laughs> <laughs> so they're just like, flip them, flip them. I found yeah. it so distracting. Um, That's... That's probably like old school. I mean, they would just yeah. make everything sort of generic. Yeah. Or flip it. It's unidentifiable. People don't read upside down. 
No. I'm going to be honest. I sure didn't. I didn't read a single title and I still, I noticed it. And I still didn't bother to look at any of the titles. Uh, so mission accomplished. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a shame because the premise is so good and the, I think the guest stars are good. But anyways. He needed, he needed to be more of a Horus. And I don't, yeah. and I know Megan doesn't want me to invoke Horus, but no, I, I feel like Dan needed a little bit of levity to him. I honestly have had a real change of heart about what I thought about Horus. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. This is only the sixth episode of the show. Oh. So to say we've already had a driverless car episode. I mean, that is like, but then the, the thing isn't whether the car had a driver or not because they believe him almost right away. Like within the first sort of 15 minutes, Jessica is on board with the remote control aspect of the car. So it's, I don't know, it's just interesting. It's just sort of, it's, I don't know. I felt myself watching the show a lot more than I normally do. Normally I get kind of sucked in. Anyways, um, so yeah, sorry. Maybe should have been a bit more positive, but um, <laughs> I like it. I, God, I like all of these episodes. I mean, God, I'll watch this over almost anything else. So, I mean, every time I watch another murder mystery, I'm like, it's good, but it's like not quite hitting the spot that Murder, She Wrote. Normally. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, um, thank you everybody for listening and um for following us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and um, yeah. And, and for liking us and, and reviewing us, if you've done that, that's, those have been lovely. Um, and yeah, we hope you'll listen again next week. And of course, like we always like to close out with number one, hustle the buns <laughs> and number two. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>